What's up, everybody? This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Welcome to a new season and a new series. Try to say those two words five times fast. Anyway, we are in a brand new season of the podcast. We are launching season five today. I cannot believe it, you guys. We are in episode 57, and this also starts a brand new series that we're doing on the podcast called Marriage Vows. Now, if you are married, you probably remember at your wedding saying some sort of vow. Now, whether you said the traditional marriage vows, which we're going to talk about in this episode, or maybe you wrote your own vows, we're going to talk about the significance of that actual portion of the wedding. If you all were here last week, you know, in episode 56, we talked about if young couples specifically or um, younger at heart, if you will, if, if couples, new couples, new married couples, if they should get premarital counseling. And hopefully you guys were able to glean some really good nuggets from that episode. I've heard some really good feedback from you about what that episode meant to you. So thank you so much for sharing that episode with those that you have influence with. Well, without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's conversation, which is our very first episode in this new series called Marriage Vows. Now, we're going to actually start having guests on the podcast again. I'm so excited about that. I kind of went through a season of um, just really wanting to talk with you personally. I love when our guests come on, but sometimes I just want to talk, just me and you. And I love sharing with you all in such an intimate space, but we are going to start opening the podcast up again to some guests. And so be on the lookout for these guests as they come. We are going to actually dissect these marriage vows. I think you're really going to get a lot of value and maybe learn a few things that you didn't know. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. What comes to mind when you think of your marriage vows? Maybe you call them your wedding vows. Some people call them covenants. Some people call them promises. Whatever you call them, the marriage vows are such a sacred part of a wedding ceremony, even for couples who aren't Christian or who do not have any sort of religious affiliation. Most couples who get married see that portion of the wedding ceremony as deeply spiritual, for lack of a better word. Some people would call it sacramental. I know in the Catholic Church, marriage actually became a sacrament, an official sacrament of the church in 1563, and Protestants followed suit with embracing marriage as a sacramental act. What is a sacrament? Basically, a sacrament is a tangible expression of a holy moment. And so if you are a part of the church, you know that most churches celebrate communion as a sacrament, baptism as a sacrament, marriage, like I said, in the Catholic Church is a sacrament, and many others. The Catholic Church specifically has seven different sacraments that they hold holy. And again, depending on your religious affiliation, your church, your denomination, you might not necessarily look at marriage as a, quote, sacrament. But again, most of us look at marriage as something special at the very least. Now, last week, I really wanted to drive home the point 
that marriage is not about the ceremony. Marriage is about, drum roll please, the marriage, right? And so many times couples actually focus so much on that one day, the actual ceremony. And so I spent a whole podcast really trying to encourage couples not to just look at their marriage in in view of the one day. But through this series, we are going to focus on the one day. And even more specifically, we're going to drill down into a short, very, very short portion of that special day. And it's where we recite our marriage vows. You might be wondering, Dana, why are we actually taking an entire series on the podcast for this? And I'm so glad you asked. Number one, because I don't really hear many marriage counselors or marriage coaches talking about the marriage vows. Isn't that interesting that so many times when couples come to me for coaching, they aren't thinking about the words that they promised to each other when they got married. They're off on something else. They're thinking about something completely different. They're focused on something that is really um, not that important, to be honest. And I'm not trivializing couples' problems and, and things that people are going through. But in the big scheme of things, if we can just bring it back to center, I believe if we can just refocus on what was it that we actually signed up for? Like when we stood at the altar and we said these words to each other, What were we saying? And it's so interesting because as a pastor who is licensed by the state of Virginia, I love the privilege of officiating weddings. And I think for those of us who get to officiate weddings, we need to do a better job at literally walking the couples through what they are about to sign up for. How many of you have bought a car and you just sign the 15,000 pieces of paper that they shove in your face, and you don't read any of it. How many of you have bought a house and you didn't read through your contract? But the interesting thing is people get married all day, and they have no idea really what they're saying. And that's the importance. That's why we're dedicating an entire series to this. And again, you all are going to find so much value out of what you're going to hear over these next several episodes. Okay, so so far we've learned that the Catholic Church determined marriage to be sacramental in 1563, but what was going on before 1563? Well, marriage for the most part wasn't really about love and it wasn't about sacrament. For the most part, marriage was about political advantage. It was about peaceful relationships, usually between countries or between allies. Marriage was about trading relationships. So imagine that, like you're going to go barter with Bob down the road and you're like, hey, I've got a daughter you can have, right? And so that's what marriage was about. Marriage was also about mutual obligations. Now, this doesn't mean that people didn't love each other. And it doesn't mean that, of course, people didn't get married because of love, because some of them did. But imagine a world where love was not a part of the marriage conversation at all. Marriage was about business. And interestingly, we're not too far off from that today. There's still most couples get married because of love, but it is also a business arrangement for a lot of couples. I mean, you've got prenuptial agreements for couples who are in higher tax brackets and they want to protect their assets, right? They'll have a prenup drawn up. And I know of several different marriage coaches actually who do without any shame promote marriage as a business contract. 
I think to me, that's a little sterile. I don't look at marriage as just a business contract. As a matter of fact, if there was a pie, I would put business as less than 10% of the sliver of pie. Are there business ramifications that come with marriage? Absolutely. I mean, if you get married and your spouse has jacked up credit, that can affect you. If your spouse goes bankrupt, that can affect you. If you buy a house together and you have to foreclose, that's going to affect you, right? So of course, there should be wisdom involved when you get married. You should know what your spouse's credit looks like. You should know how much debt your spouse is carrying. You should know those things. But I don't want to look at marriage as just a business deal. It's so much more than that. So before the Catholic Church actually determined marriage to be sacramental, marriage wasn't about sacrament. Marriage wasn't about love. Marriage was about basically political and relational advantage. Now, different denominations within the Christian church have different practices for their marriage vows. And just a quick Google search, if you want to dig into this a little bit deeper, you can actually find what different denominations kind of use for their traditional vows. Most of us, believe it or not, are reciting the Catholic vows way back from 1549. The Book of Common Prayer actually kind of started all of this where the marriage vows were in that book. And so I'm just going to read to you what the marriage vows are. And then again, in subsequent episodes, we're going to break these down. So this might sound very familiar to most of you, even if you're not married. Surely you've been to a wedding or two and you have heard what is very, very similar to these words. I, Dana, take thee, Sean, to be my wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love, cherish, and to obey. Scratch that out. Okay, I continue. To love, cherish, and to obey, till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance. Okay, I'm sitting over here laughing because real story, when me and Sean were in premarital counseling with his pastor, remember I told y'all we had premarital counseling by two different people. One was a pastor and one was an actual marriage psychologist. And so when we were in our little pre-counseling meeting with his pastor, his pastor reads the vows just like I just read them to y'all. And when we got to the obey part, I'm 17 years old, y'all. I'm not even legally old enough to get married. We got married one month to the day after I turned 18. So here I am sitting in this office with this pastor and with Sean, and he gets to the to obey part. And I was like, the devil is a lie. <laughs> like, what? Are we in 1500? No, we're not. And of course, back then, I had no idea that these vows originated in 1500, but that's what it felt like to me. And so most women don't say that anymore. Like that has definitely been scratched from the record. And it's interesting that that was only, of course, in the woman's part. It it never was in the male um, in his vows because, of course, men 
uh, did not obey women, nor were they ever expected to. So those are the traditional marriage vows. And of course, there have been all different kinds of iterations from that. Some people take out the words for richer or for poorer. Some people rephrase the words in sickness and in health. But I think for the most part, most traditional marriage vows still kind of hold the same meaning. Now, something that I find really interesting is the last few words where it says, till death do us part. Now, we changed it till death do us part. It used to be till death us depart. Pretty much the same thing, just a little bit of different um, wording there. But that is why we are so serious about marriage. Marriage is not an agreement. Marriage is not something that we do out of convenience. Marriage is not something that we do to be happy. We believe that marriage is a lifelong commitment. It's right there in the vows. And so I'm actually a proponent of couples taking that out if they know good and well that this is like their third, fourth marriage, and they're just kind of trying out another spouse. I mean, I hate to be crass, but that's pretty much, you know, what it looks like sometimes when couples are married time and time and time again. Now, I don't believe that most people go into marriage thinking, I'm going to get divorced. But I don't think that people also really weigh the seriousness of what they're saying. When you're saying, till death us depart, I mean, think that is, as some people say, a life sentence, right? And it doesn't have to be negative. You don't have to look at your marriage vows as this chain link around your neck that you are never going to be free from. For me, it's quite the opposite. And so I really wanted to read the vows so that we can really establish a foundation of where we're going over the next few episodes. Ladies, Guess what? I'm super excited to announce to you my new group coaching class called Wife Life. That's right. This group coaching class is going to be for wives and soon-to-be wives, women who are engaged to be married, who want to go deeper in their relationships with their husbands and deeper in their relationships with one another. You guys, I have been in several group coaching classes, and if I can give you a little secret, you not only glean from the wisdom of the main coach, which is me, but you are also going to glean from the wisdom and the stories and the encouragement and the support of each other. I want to encourage those of you who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to get started with individual coaching or even relationship coaching. Group coaching is going to blow your socks off. You are going to be so glad that you are a part of this initial class. I cannot wait to see you in this session. So here's the deal. For more information and all the deets, head over to danashay.com forward slash wife life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash wife life. I'm super excited about this session. You guys, we are going to go higher. We are going to be better wives and our husbands are going to be the happy recipients of everything that we're going to learn. So I will see you in the wife life class. Talk soon. Okay, I've got a couple more quick little facts here that I want to share with you. So did you know that interracial marriage was actually illegal, illegal against the law up until 1967? 
Y'all, that is not that long ago. Many of you may have heard of the movie Loving, and that movie Loving was based off of the Supreme Court case Loving versus Virginia in 1967, and that was actually the court case that um, ruled that interracial marriage can now be legal. In 2015, gay marriage becomes legal throughout all 50 states. So no matter what you feel about gay marriage, the truth of the matter is it is legal in all 50 states. So those are pretty much the fun facts about marriage that I wanted to share with you today. And what I want to do over these next few moments, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast today. What I want to do over these next few moments is I want you to begin to think about your vows. If you wrote your own marriage vows, I would love to hear them. I would love to hear what you all said. I was having a conversation with a couple last week, and they wrote their marriage vows. And so I was like, oh, I want to hear them. And they were like, we don't have them anymore. We don't even remember what we said. And so, you know, hopefully they have a good wedding video that they can go back to and kind of remember what they signed up for. But I want us to think about the vows that you said. Sean and I recited the traditional marriage vows. I did take out that word obey. But other than that, we pretty much held to the traditional vows. And I encourage couples to stick with the traditional vows. I think that there is something that's really powerful, that's really serious even, when you are saying these words, it's almost like rhythmic. You know, you're you're saying what you are agreeing to for the rest of your life. Now, what I have seen couples do is they'll say the traditional vows and then they'll also write their own vows. Sean and I kind of did that. He wrote me this beautiful letter and I had no idea he was writing it. And so after he said his vows to me, he pulls out this letter and he reads this letter to me. And I think that those little personal intimate touches are really special and really unique. So I hope you're ready for a great new series and a great new season. I can't wait to actually bring to your attention some of the amazing guests that we have and really getting into some of these conversations. And again, I want to hear from you, which part of the marriage vows are most important to you? For some of you, you've gone through times of sickness in your marriage. And so the in sickness and in health probably is really meaningful to you. Maybe for some of you, you've gone through some financial disasters or you're like, hey, started from the bottom. Now we're here, you know? And so the for richer or for poorer might be the one that sticks out to you. So I would love to hear back from you. You can always email me at Dana at realrelationshiptalk.com. Or of course, if you follow me on social media, you can send me a direct message. I respond back to all of my DMs, unless they're cray cray. So thanks so much for being here today, you guys. Um, I told you it was going to be a short episode today. We are almost done with our kitchen remodel, y'all. I'm telling y'all, this has been an experience. I can definitely say that I'm in construction at this point of the juncture in my life. As a matter of fact, you might even hear some banging downstairs because as I am recording this, Sean is taking up the last few pieces of tile in front of our fireplace because we decided not only are we going to redo the kitchen, we're just going to go ahead and replace the floors and the entire downstairs of the house. So that's what we're doing. So I'm going to wrap up this episode and I'm going to go finish helping him rip up some floors. So thank you so much for being here today. Be sure to visit me on social media. You'll find all my social media handles 
on my website at realrelationshiptalk.com. And that is also the place where you will find the show notes to every single episode. Today's show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com slash episode 57. And again, just another shout out to the Wife Life group coaching session that is coming up. If you are married and you want to grow your marriage and you want to grow in community with other women, other wives, I want to encourage you to sign up for the group coaching class called Wife Life. I am really excited for what we are doing here at Real Relationship Talk. We are building healthy marriages to last a lifetime. So thanks so much for being here today. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.